1: happy holidays from
2: amari christian skyler caitlin
3: jordan antonio
2: eddie
1: and the
4: tom sumner program
1: Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. We've got a great one uh, going on today. We're going to talk uh, in the third half of our three-hour tour with uh, Fred Dust from IDEO, uh, author of um, Making Conversation, which uh, maybe we could all use a little practice at. And then uh, coming up during the uh, second hour of the show, we're going to talk with... Um, this is, this is going to be kind of interesting. Um, the identity of Al Capone's boss is unearthed when a young man stumbles upon a well-kept family secret in Joe Torrance's book, The Poison of Money. Joe Torrance uh, joins me during the second hour. But first, a little Christmas magic. We're going to talk with the author of a new book called The Magic Christmas Ornament. His name is James Barbado. He joins me by phone. James, welcome to the show.
3: Good morning, Tom. Thank you for having me on your program. I appreciate it.
1: And I was going to mention that you uh, are a former college professor and business owner. Is um, now for some reason the way that 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 read to me when I when I saw it sounded like uh, flipping the script on that old those who can do and those who can't teach um, yeah, um, yeah. Is, is your life uh, the the flip side of that uh, those who can teach uh, often do
3: I would say so I think um, maybe a little atypical that way and that <laughs> you know I've always wanted I, I don't think I was a typical professor in that I I loved to be a showman up there, and but also was always very organized, the students loved that about me. I was blessed to uh, win the uh, Pharmacy Teacher of the Year Award. Wow. Um, I, was a, I taught at a pharmacy college and I taught, ironically in these times, I, I taught microbiology and I have a degree in microbiology and epidemiology.
1: And not that many people even knew what epidemiology was until recently. <laughs>
3: Isn't that isn't that true? I mean, all these things I've been teaching, all these things I've been I've been watching them on TV and radio, and everybody's now preaching all the things that I've been teaching for the for many many years, and it's just very ironic about all. Everybody knows about hand washing now, and you know about airborne diseases, and you know if you go back um, six months ago, nobody would say, well, "What are you talking about?" You know. It, Wash my hands uh, before dinner, maybe. Uh, if, you're, if you're lucky, you have to go in the bathroom. <laughs> well,
1: and and wearing a mask was something people did in Japan on the subway.
3: That's right. I mean, there's other cultures that have been way ahead of us, and just not only prevent preventing respiratory diseases. You know, I think we've all kind of taken it for granted in this country. Like, how many times have we all gone to a Christmas party? We're not feeling well. We have a cold, but geez, we want we don't want to disappoint the boss or our neighbors. We go to it. And while we infect all our friends and neighbors with colds and everybody's wondering, <laughs> why am I sick right before Christmas? And I think things are going to change a little bit now, don't you, Tom?
1: Well, yeah, I think there's going to be a new normal. Um, this is also kind of a uh, uh, an unusual time to be releasing a book uh, because of the pandemic. A lot of times when people come out with a book, then there's, you know, follow up uh Appearances at bookstores, book signings, and readings, and um, with a with a story like this, the magic Christmas ornament, um, you might visit schools and and that sort of thing. Um, it, 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 does it seem odd to you, or is this a first time out, and you don't have anything to compare it to?
3: Well, it's a first time out. You know, as you said, I've been a microbiologist and. Uh, Had my own laboratory for many years um, after that, after I was a professor. And so this is quite different, but uh, so you're, you know, you're forced to do everything virtually or over the phone like this. And, you know, there's nothing like meeting people and doing things in in person. And, uh, you know, that's the way you, you can tell people about your story and touch them. So it's more, it's definitely more difficult, but I've been fortunate to have a lot of radio and tv interviews and that certainly has helped but uh, you know i would much rather be out there you know meeting people and handing out you know autographed copies of the book but uh... these are the times we're in and so we are going to do the best we can
1: I, I, I wanted to mention the fact that a portion of all the profits from this book the magic christmas ornament are being given to uh... the marine corps for the toys for tots program um, how how much is that influenced by the fact that you're kind of a military kid yourself? Your uh, dad was a, uh, what, Master Sergeant with the U.S. Air Force?
3: Yes, Tom, that, that's correct. Uh, uh, it's greatly influenced, you know, from two different ways. Um, first of all, as you said, you know, my dad was a Master Sergeant in the U.S. Air Force for 22 years, so I grew up as a military kid and, uh you know, but before I was 12 years old, I lived and uh, I was born in El Paso, lived in Maine, New Hampshire, twice in Newfoundland, Canada. And then we settled in Massachusetts. And, you know, uh, so that's very important to me. It became a family tradition before the, the book for the last 20 years. When my kids were little, we always went out the day after Thanksgiving. We went to the toy store and we would buy toys and then we'd go drop them off. And to teach our kids about giving back and what Christmas is really about. And my dad, unfortunately, when he was um, young, he was one of nine children, and he told he used to tell us stories that he never ever had any toys at Christmas time. And uh, it's it's tough, especially during those young ages when you kind of, you know, you know Christmas more about getting a a present or two on Christmas. And because of that, it really made it so important to me and my whole family to become a goal to give back and to make christmas uh, special not only for my own family which we were able to do but of course for other families that are less fortunate and so yeah, tom that's we do that and also this year we're giving for each book that we sell we've been giving a book to a children's hospital oh that's nice
1: um and and when you say we uh, i want to also mention your uh uh collaborator, um, Victoria Barbado.
3: Yes. Yes, Victoria's my uh, eldest child and daughter, and uh, unfortunately Victoria can't be with us today because she uh, works full-time and she is a <laughs> English <laughs> language learner te- teacher in the Boston area.
1: Poor kid. <laughs> <laughs> has to work for a living.
3: Yeah, she still has to work for a living. She loves what she's doing. I mean, she loves to work. She's always with a teacher in the inner city. So I think this rubbed off on her. She always, she didn't want to teach in the suburbs, you know. She's a tough little girl, and she went to teach in, in the Boston schools, high school system, and, uh, and now she's an English um, ELL you know, administrator in the Boston area. And so she's always wanted to, but, uh, yeah, we wrote this book together. You know, it's so, I'm so fortunate, you know, it's harder as your children get older, I'm sure your listeners know, to find things that you, in common, things you can do with your children. And so when I had this opportunity and they encouraged me to, you know, to write this story that I used to tell them as little kids, and I said, you know, I'm going to do it, but Victoria, will you go in with me? I'll only do it if you do you know, she's an English teacher and a great writer. And it was a chance for the two of us to relive the story, to bond again, and to have uh, new experiences. So, something I'm just thrilled to do.
1: And this book grows out of um, your love of, uh, of storytelling, which has become kind of a uh, uh, a family thing that that has passed down from y- your dad and his dad, and now your daughter. Um, it it kind of runs in the family. This this notion of uh, telling stories.
3: Absolutely, Tom. I mean, you know, first of all, I encourage all your listeners that you know, if you have a thought or an imagination or a story, you know, don't be afraid. Tell your children stories, even if you don't think it's that great a story. To them, it may be the best story in the world because it comes from you. And as you started to say, you know, my dad didn't have a lot to give, but he had a great personality being a master sergeant in charge of men and uh, leader of men, and so he used to tell me stories when I was a little boy that instilled confidence and imagination and excitement and you know that is fostered so as I grew up I've, I learned as a teacher that I used storytelling all the time as part of a way i mean when you know microbiology can be a little tough to learn sometimes and So you want to tell stories that you can relate to your own life. And that's what I did. And so this this story started as when my kids were little, I would gather my three children around the tree, and I would say, you know, look at the tree and pick out your favorite ornament. And they would all pick out their favorite ornaments. And I'd say, you know, if you look at this one right here, this is one that I found when I was a little boy when I was walking through the woods, in the back of my house in a knothole of a tree, and it's a magic ornament. And if you stare hard enough, you can see right into Santa's workshop. You can see what he's doing right today. And they were so beautiful. Their little imaginations, their eyes would light up, and they would start to say, Dad, I can see it. I can see something. (laughs) That's wonderful. And that's that's what it's all about. And so today, my daughter, Victoria, tells me that she was such a good uh, teacher in Boston because – she was able to use <clears throat> excuse me those skills and to be a, a storyteller and uh, so I look forward to it. We have grandchildren now, and I look forward to doing it all over again.
1: Well, I was really attra- attracted to the the notion that that this uh, custom of telling stories uh, or this notion of telling stories had been passed down generationally because my parents were great storytellers and and um, I used to enjoy telling stories to my kids. And, um, and, and then what a thrill it was. I, I was at a, a holiday event once, and I saw my oldest daughter was, uh, you know, off in, in one part of the room, and she had a group of people around her just enthralled as she was telling these stories. And it was it was such a thrill to see it passed on that way, as it must be for you with Victoria.
3: You know, absolutely. You know, you have great pride in seeing your children tell stories because, you know, when you tell a story, and that's what this is, we, we call it, you know, this um, book and ornaments, a book and ornament together, given together in a collection, because it's not only just a, a gift that you're giving, it's a legacy. You know, the, your children outgrow their toys. You can think of all the toys, as, say, from year to year, but when you tell a story or you give a gift of a book—it's something that they can have their whole life, and that they can take back out and read to their own children. So, really, um, it is—it is, it exactly is that. It's a legacy. It's an excitement. It's uh, inspiration.
1: And how did the idea come to you, uh, Jim, to um, make this a book and and not just uh, an annual event around the fireplace?
3: Well. Um, Five years ago, uh, Tom, I retired and sold my, I had a a microbiology laboratory and I sold it. And I, of course, I was thinking about, okay, well, you know, what do I want to do with my time? And immediately my three kids said, you know, hey, dad, do you remember that story that you used to tell us every Christmas Eve? It's like, we're in our 30s now. We still remember that story. And, you know, you really should write a book and write that story so other families can read that story to their children and share in this. And so I came up with that idea to, not only to retell the story, but I said to myself, I'm going to sell the first book that comes with a magic Christmas ornament in a collection. So when you, when you buy the book, you get uh, an ornament. So you hang the ornament on the tree, and it's all about parents or grandparents reading the story to their children, creating tradition and creating excitement and inspiration in their children. So that was the idea, is to share a family story, a tradition, so that I could reach more than our own family. Jim,
1: I have to take a break here. Can you stick around?
3: Hello, I sure. know everybody. All right, we'll be right, right Tigger, back. Tigger, ti double that spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner's program on account of because he's so bouncy.
5: Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock Jingle bell swing and jingle bell
3: ring. Snowing
5: and blowing up bushes of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. Jingle, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock Jingle bell chime and jingle bell time. Dancing and prancing in jingle bell square. In the frosty, frosty air. Time to ride the night away Jingle bells, jingle bells, bells, jingle bells, bells to go gliding in a one-horse sleigh Giddy up, jingle horse, pick up your feet, jingle around the clock, mix and jingle in a jingle and beat As the jingle bell rock, jingle, 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 giddy up, jingle horse, pick up your feet. Jingle around the clock Mix and mingle in a jingling beat That's the jingle and Jingle Bell Rock Jing, jing, Jingle Bell Rock One more time Come on and get up Jingle horse, pick up your feet And jingle around the clock Mix and jingle in a jingling beat Jingling, jingle ling jingle bell ride, jing, jing, jingle bell ride.
1: Hey, this is Tom. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hopper. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is
4: Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis.
2: Hi, this is Rochelle Ray.
4: Hi there folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office.
2: I'm Gwen
0: Pennyman Hempel.
4: The Tom
1: Sumner program celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. From
2: Alicia, Elena, Gabriella, Erica,
1: and the Tom Sumner Program. Christmas 2020 may be very different than holidays of old. Christmas Eve on the Tom Sumner Program can bring back some treasured memories with an encore of our Thanksgiving 2020 show featuring all holiday music. And our Christmas music is better than everybody else's because it's local. Let the Tom Sumner Program be your Christmas Eve soundtrack streaming from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com repeating online all day and night, simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint at 9 a.m. and p.m. Happy holidays from the Tom Sumner program.
5: We wish you a merry Christmas from the Tom Sumner.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, My guest this hour is the author of a new book called The Magic Christmas Ornament. Um, His uh, name is James Barbado, or Jim, and uh, he joins me by phone. Jim, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around.
3: Tom, thank you very much. Welcome to be back.
1: Um, Sorry to to make you sit through all that, but I'm glad you were able to... uh, Join me so we could talk more about storytelling and about this particular book, The Magic Christmas Ornament. And, Jim, um, just before the break, you, you said you wanted to have the first book that came with a Christmas ornament. Correct. Um, it, and, and has it turned out to be that? Is this the first book that, that has a Christmas ornament included with it?
3: Yes. I'm going to make sure that uh, you that you get a couple over there too, Tom. Maybe you can give some away to your listeners too. This comes in a beautiful package. It looks it's gold, and it looks like it has a bow on the outside. This decorative packaging, and inside is a book. has a cellophane window. You can see the book, and on the right hand side, I have uh, included a magic Christmas ornament from Santa's own workshop, so you don't have to go find one. It, the, when you buy the collection, um, you can get it on Amazon. You you get the book and the ornament together, and the ornament is beautiful. It's candy apple red. It has two illustrations from the book, Tom. It's got one on the front. Um, it's uh, printed on silk, surrounded by a gold braid, and then so you're as you're reading the book to the kids, they can actually stare at the ornament. And hang this on your tree. And then you can turn the ornament around. On the other side is actually another illustration from the book of Santa's Workshop. And there you go. You can see it's surrounded with a gold braid, so the kids can actually see at Santa's Workshop. So I've kind of taken care of that for you. And I, I think ornaments are another thing that's really important. I mean, I don't know in your family, but we have ornaments that have been we've had in the family for 60 years that that are our favorite ornaments and so we want this to be a new keepsake something that people can hand down and they can read the story and look at the ornament
1: yeah i have um a collection of ornaments some that that go back a little ways and um every year uh sandy gets me uh whatever whatever the current year's white house christmas ornament is mm-hmm. and I, and so i've started kind of a collection of those. But, uh, um, this, this book grew out of, uh, kind of a family tradition of, of storytelling. How did that storytelling take place? Was it around the dinner table? Was it, was there time set aside for it or was it just whenever you could gather the
3: troops? Oh, my father used to start to tell me bedtime stories, and that's how I learned about it. So that's pretty much, I would tell stories, not just at Christmas, but, you know, all year round. Um, the kids would really look forward to dad telling them a story. So, you know, I'd, if it was Christmas time, then I would make, make up a Christmas story. If it was the summertime, you know, we'd get them a bath and in the PJs and it all together. And, you know, it would settle them down and relax And it really helps their imagination develop, and it's something that develops imagination and confidence. And I don't know, in life, you really need those skills sometimes, you know. Sometimes it makes a difference if if you have imagination in your job or you're in school. So starting very, very little, it really is a skill that I think that uh, can be passed on to your children. And so I, I delighted in the fact that how much they look forward to me telling them a story and just how excited they would be to sit around and, you know, they would listen or they would ask the cutest questions about the story and that's what it's all about, Tom.
1: And the um, the book, you described it as a a great opportunity for parents or grandparents to maybe uh, sit down with kids and grandkids and read the story to them. Is there a, a target age you have in mind for that
3: Yes, I think you know the best age is you know it, it really starts I've, We've written this book so that the children will get something different out of it at each age of their life. So you'll see the target ages that that window between let's say five and ten, when kids are so enthralled with Christmas and you know excited for the Christmas to come. And that their belief is so strong. So that is the target age. But I'll tell you, I have an 18-month-old granddaughter, and she looks at the book. She sits there and flips through <laughs> the pages, and she calls it the dog book because we have a little white dog in there that goes on the adventure with the children, and ha- and actually flies in some parts of it. And she just loves. She calls it the dog book. So at 18 months, it's the dog book. But at five years old, she'll get something, and then when kids are 10 or 11, they're going to notice, it's like, hey, how did that ornament that's found in this book, how did it actually get in the hole of that tree anyway? Who put that in there? So it's going to be like a journey for them through, through time, and I think they'll look back over it and cherish that story. We've already heard some great things from so many parents that are saying how they love the story, and it's one of their favorite books. Some parents even take the ornament to mimic the book, and they they take the ornament and they hide it out in their backyard tom and have the kids find it to like to really bring the story out it's like you know you're reading the source like hey you found the ornament just like you did in the book you found it in your backyard it's (laughs) amazing
1: (laughs) oh that's fun um and in this you mentioned the the adventure there there is an adventure this magic christmas ornament literally transports some some kids to the north pole um Right. are they on a mission or is it all well, discovery
3: well it's it's all discovery i mean you know the if if i can just take a second to give you the you know the theme of the story the whole message yeah. is that the spirit of christmas lives inside all of us always and that's the main message that will be delivered to you and to your children and so it's it's about three children victoria joseph and john and their favorite But mysterious ornament. It's Christmas Eve, and tonight their father's going to tell them why it's called the magic ornament. Because when he was a little boy, he followed Tiny Footprints Tom through the snow to a magical, mysterious grandfather tree. And he saw something shining brightly in that tree, in a knothole of the tree. He pulled it out, and there it was a magic Christmas ornament in the tree. And that's where the father found it. Later that night, the three children sneak downstairs to look at that magic ornament, and then the magical powers of the ornament transport the children through the ornament into Santa's workshop where they meet a special elf named J.J., and they go on a magical adventure. And that's where we'd like your listeners to pick up the book and find out what happens next. We have a move- We actually have a 12-minute movie out now free on if you have amazon prime you can just watch the movie for free or we have a kindle edition and my favorite now is we have an audio book out so that the colors of your mind can fill in the story if you'd ra- oh, you rather rather do it that way so it, we have it in you know all different uh, mediums now
1: this must have been a, a tremendous uh undertaking jim um the uh, um, I, I haven't seen the uh, images inside the book, but I've seen the cover, which is uh, uh, amazing looking. And I, I just, I have to think, you know, getting the art done for the book and, and having the, uh, the ornaments um, produced, you know, the, uh, what, um, you must have had to jump through a lot of hoops.
3: That's, Tom, you hit it right on the head there. Um, it took me three and a half years. I didn't write the book uh, in for just this overnight, three and a half years. And I, this is where I used my skills as a former business owner, because, you know, I wanted to do something totally different, writing a children's book. And so I had to come up with packaging. I had to find a package designer. I had to find a packaging company that was willing to produce my package. I had to find an ornament manufacturer um, that would manufacture an ornament uh, specifically the way I wanted it to be designed. And so the challenges were there, and I had a lot of doors um, slammed in my face, and you can't be afraid. So I used my skills. I wasn't afraid to cold call and use the Internet to search manufacturers, and I had a lot of people tell me no or it's too small, couldn't do it. But, you know, as we all learn in life, you have to be persistent and you have to believe in what you're doing. And I certainly believed in this book. And uh, also, I was having fun while I was doing it. You have to have fun and you have to believe in it. And so I was able to find a, all it's all American made, Tom. That's something to be proud of. It. The sure. Packaging is made in America. The ornament is manufactured here in America. And um, the distributor is in New York. Um, the illustrator the book. Um, Joe Huffman is from Seattle, Washington. Um, I found uh, a book editor in in York, a book designer in Philadelphia. That's the beauty of these days with the, you can do things virtually and you can pull a team together to to pull this product together, which is just simply amazing that the kids absolutely love. This is for kids. This is for parents to read to their children.
1: So did you end up self-publishing or... Have you found a publisher along the way?
3: This, you know, to get, get it out there right away, we said, this is self-published. And also to do it the way I wanted to do, I, I wanted to make sure that this was offset printing. When you see this book, it is of the highest quality. And I, I only, would only do it if I could do it Though I was not going to use print-on-demand version for this book because sure. I wanted that when did you touch the paper, the thickness and the quality of the paper, I wanted this to be a book that's going to last a lifetime and be passed down. So I made sure that I self-published this book. And, you know, I had to come up, find that manufacturer in in uh, Wisconsin to do the packaging and uh, find a, a, in Texas, find an ornament manufacturer. And I was involved in each step of it so that, you want to make sure it's something that is special. It was very hard to find a publisher that was going to, none of them would do an ornament and a book together. And I was insisting on, it's a magic ornament, we have to have an ornament in the book together.
1: Well, that, I think that's just a, a wonderful idea. Have, have you gotten the bug for writing uh, from this experience or, or not so much?
3: No, I, de- I definitely, I love writing, and uh, when you're a storyteller, it, <laughs> it's, it's kind of inbred in you that you also like to write. I've, I've also always liked to write, and most of my life it's been scientific writing, which is uh, not the, the same thing, but, you know, when you can collaborate with other people and to help to make the stories come true, I mean, I've got other stories in my head that my kids used to love, so... I'm hoping over the years that I can write other stories and other books, um, that will, will thrill children.
1: This, this, uh, particular story, the story in the magic Christmas ornament, um, it, it kind of lends itself potentially to, uh, film or television. Um, what kind of reactions have you gotten and, and, could you see it um, maybe on the, on the big or small screen?
3: Definitely. Um, we, that's just one of the reasons why we created our own 12-minute short movie right now that people can watch on Amazon Prime for free is that we wanted to get that out there kind of as a, a, a tickler, and we were going to try to present it to Hallmark and to other um, people that uh, would be interested and I think it would definitely, a lot of the reviews that we have have told us that, um, we, and we also had a focus group said that this would lend itself to becoming a movie someday, hopefully. And, uh, but I think some of my favorite feedback has been from parents that tell me, my daughter wakes up with the, with the book and she brings the ornament down for breakfast every morning with her. <laughs> and she carries it around with her. Or a, a little boy, a father tells me her, her, the, the son had autism, and it's the mm. one book that he wants to read over and over again. It keeps his attention. Those are the types of things, Tom, that, you know, make you feel like your efforts were worthwhile. And, uh, of course, to give back for Toys or Tots and to children's hospitals makes it even more special.
1: Do, do you think it, uh, it also helps and, and maybe inspires uh, kids to read a little more?
3: Definitely. I, I think it does two things. I think we want to see kids, it inspires kids to read and also to use their own little imaginations and start to write their own little stories. They can now realize that their own personal stories that they imagine have value, that they can write their story down. My, uh, my younger brother, was also um, loved to write stories, and he used to when he was a little boy. He used to have his own little newspaper that he would write, um, and it was it was so cute. So I I think that's what these types of books do is they they instill imagination and excitement, and that's what this. It's been a tough year, Tom. We could use all these a uh, pick me up story, something that's joyous, uplifting, and that's what we're trying to achieve with the magic Christmas ornament.
1: it it it, uh you're right about that it's it's been a tough year i've i've heard people call it being 2020ed.
3: yes yeah that's a good way i like to say that it's been on the naughty list big time (laughs) the whole year
1: um when did the book come out
3: um i actually the book actually came out at the end just in time for the end of last Christmas, but uh, it came up very, very close to the end of Christmas, so we're we're trying to, I think what I learned in my own business when I had my own lab, you know, I always thought I was going to make it big when I had my own lab within one year, and I think as most business owners find out, they tell you, oh, you know, it takes three to five years to be successful and to grow things um, in most cases, and so... We're definitely trying to, that what's new this year is we're um, getting the word out about the book, the Kindle edition, and the movie and the audio book. We actually had a radio station in Montana that's been playing our audio book for Christmas time. And that just thrilled me to know that they asked me, they said, "You know, would you mind if we played your audio, your audio book for our listeners for Christmas this year? And uh, they, they've got great feedback from it.
1: Yeah, I um, every year at uh, at Christmas time, I always read the uh, Clement Moore. Uh, yes, it was the night before Christmas, and um, yes, and I think those kinds of traditions are uh, are fun, and uh, kudos for having someone want to use uh, the audio book as as uh, their Christmas offering. Th-
3: thank you very much. Uh, we're we're very proud of that. Um, you, we just want your listeners to know if they have a Kindle that on 1218 and 1219 that they can get the Kindle edition for free. It's normally 6.99, dollars 99 but it's, we're going to offer it for free. And, you know, we've offered it free four times, and every time it's been the number one um, children's book on Kindle when we've given it for free. It's beaten the Christmas Carol, Sesame Street Christmas, and so... There must be something to this story, Tom, because we had over eleven hundred downloads um, of the book.
1: Well, this is uh, this is great fun, and I I think it's especially nice that uh, you were able to work on it with your daughter. How did that How did that work? Did you um, get together and write? Did you pass things back and forth online?
3: That's was well, it was so much fun, and it was so exciting. The, what we did is actually we would sit down together and this is what I was saying before, you know, my daughter's 35 years old now and, you know, she's been moved out of the house for quite a few years. So you look for something, it's like, you know, you, that we can do together and have fun together. So we would sit down and I would interview actually all three of my kids and say, what do you guys remember now? seeing that you haven't, you know, you've heard that story when you were just little kids, what do you remember today from that story? And they would each tell me, you know, oh, I re- the best part I remember was the ornament, you know, in the knot hole of the tree, that was really sticks out. And one would say, oh, what I really remember is like looking in to the ornament and seeing Santa's workshop. So I would ask them, and so together, I would get their comments, and then I would, I, first I did is without telling her, is I rewrote the story myself, the way I remembered it, the way I remember telling it. And then I gave it to her and had her read it. And she started using her wonderful English skills and her English writing skills. She started to enhance the story. It's like, you know, we need to make it more than just a short little story. We need to have a little bit of an adventure going. We have some mystery on here. And so, she started to add these other things and it was quite complimentary she would say thing and then i would say oh you forgot to uh, put this in there about how well, how did they want him to get into the uh, tree anyway so we would go back and forth tom and before you go you could really see the story gel and when we were done and we started to read people were starting to tell us you know this reminds me of a little bit of peter pan the Twilight Zone, and <laughs> Back to the Future, with a Christmas theme all back together.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. Is there a backstory on how the ornament got in the tree? Or does it remain a mystery?
3: It, no, um, when you read the book, I don't want to give it away, Tom. No, no, I, I you, don't when, want you when, to... When you watch the movie or read the book, you get to find out. Um, like, when you look at the ornament, the, the, uh, the little boy finds the ornament. There's three uh the first image is three children pointing at a ornament on a tree and this is what the little boy finds so what what if i told you that maybe his own children put the ornament in the tree and that so how could that be how could the children put an ornament in the tree when they weren't even born yet and for their father to find when he was a little boy so there's a, there's definitely a mystery here. Is how could that ornament get in the tree? Where did it come from? And why is there a picture of three children on the ornament? And who are those children? And who is this elf, JJ, anyway, that's in the book? Um, he seems to be a special character. So these are the things that you find out in the journey of it. And one of the things, if you're out there and you're you're worried about Christmas being about materialistic or present. One of the things you'll notice is that this story never talks, the children never talk about getting presents. They go to Santa's workshop, they experience all the action and the making of the toys, and they play with toys, but they never are looking for what's my present. Can you give me something? And so that is also a kind of a hidden message in there, that once again it's about the spirit of Christmas that lives in all of us always.
1: My guest is uh, Jim Barbado. He and his daughter Victoria co authored The Magic Christmas Ornament. We've got to uh, wrap it up there, Jim, but thanks so much for spending this time with me this morning.
3: Thank you very, very much. I really appreciate it, Tom. I hope everybody can visit. Hi, Magic this Christmas is Joe Biden Ball- from the
0: Blue Hawaiians. Ball- 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 right,
3: you're listening to the Tom
1: We'll Summer be back program. with more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead.
5: We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas from the Tom Saunders. hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath.
3: How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob Hope back
5: once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsodent flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later.
2: (laughs) Happy Holidays! From Haley, Alex, Alexis, Hope!
1: And the Tom Sumner Program.
2: On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love sent to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French (laughs) hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me six geese a-laying, five golden reeds. Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Seven swans a-swimming, six geese a-laying, five golden rings, Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me nine ladies waiting, eight maids a-milking, seven swans a-swimming, six geese a-laying, five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the tenth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me ten lords a-leaping, nine ladies waiting, eight maids a-milking, seven swans a-swimming, six geese a-laying, five golden rings. Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eleven pipers piping, ten birds a-leaping, nine ladies waiting, eight maids a-milking, seven swans a-swimming, six geese are laying five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me 12 drummers drumming, 11 pipers piping, 10 lords a-leaping, 9 ladies waiting, 8 maids a-milking, 7 swans a swimming, 6 geese a-laying, 5 golden rings, 4 calling birds, 3 french hens, 2 turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. I gotta stop a minute.
0: Old Fashioned Radio
5: for a new generation. The time Summer Program. The Times Summer Program. The time, of summer, programmed yeah.
4: show down here it's a Tom Sumner program don't you know go on go on get out of here
0: it's time for the Tom Sumner program